0: All right we are back with another episode of the saxo market call and i'm joined by my great colleague shara uh, shanana we're going to talk about currencies and macro um and i think potentially this week uh, could 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 actually provide uh, some interesting backdrops and 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 interesting data points to chew on, and where the economy is going. And especially, we know that you know growth is coming down, uh, inflation is also slowly coming down. Uh, there's a divergence between headline inflation figures and the core inflation figures. But we we do have important inflation metrics coming through this week, especially in the U.S., the eurozone, and Australia, Sharo and. Um, yeah, what to what to expect from these inflation reports and given how the market has positioned itself?
1: Yeah. Hi, Peter. Good to be back. So, um, yeah, absolutely. I think inflation is still a big focus uh, for the markets. And uh, I would think that, uh, you know, this broad inflation trend that the market is continuing to believe in, that should likely continue. Uh, So, yeah, as you said, US uh, reports it's, um, uh, you know, the Fed's preferred inflation metric, uh, the PCE number, um, you know, I think the, uh, the broad view is that uh, energy prices did cool in October. So that should continue to take some pressure off the headline. There's also base effects coming into uh, play these few months. Uh, so I think the consensus is actually looking for um, October uh, PCE to slow to just 0.1% month on month. Uh, from 0.4 uh, percent previously, so I think that's that's quite a deacceleration. If we were to get it, uh, I think that will spell. Uh, for the markets that um, everything's going as per plan, it's on track. In fact, if you look at the consensus numbers for core PCE, um, the consensus is at 3.5% year-on-year, or which is below the Fed's um, year-end target of 3.7%, um, as they showed in their dot plot um, as well. So I think I an mean, overall message is likely going to stay around the fact that um, from an inflation perspective, from a cyclical perspective, things are looking pretty much on track the same goes for eurozone and uh, also i mean actually the expectation there from consensus uh, numbers is is that the month on month print could turn negative um, the consensus is at minus 0.2% from plus 0.1% so again that's uh, a pretty uh, picture to look at you know signaling that the ecb rate hike cycle has also ended um, australia is a bit of an outlier here I would say uh, the disinflation trend is not as clear as in U.S. and Europe. I mean, of course, for this month particularly, we could still get some uh, disinflation because of lower gasoline prices and again base effects as well. But there are still some lingering upside pressures coming from rents, coming from utilities, um, and of course, the RBA um, has lagged as well. Uh, you know, the Fed in this hiking cycle. So we've got that marginal hawkishness. Uh, still coming through from RBA Governor Bullock and, you know, uh, just uh, the data itself. Uh, So I think this inflation data may be perhaps more critical for Australia and where the RBA uh, rate path goes from here uh, than the Fed and the ECB, where I do think that the focus really needs to now shift to the growth metrics and uh, look at um, how fast uh, are we going to get into a recession or we are going to just stay in this soft planning camp. And, um, you know, I think that is something that will really decide the direction, particularly for FX markets.
0: Right. And, you know, uh, inflation obviously is uh, and what happens to inflation and, and this narrative that is building in the market obviously is important for the dollar and the dollar has come down for two uh you know two weeks in a in a row now so there's definitely negative momentum building there shar what is, what is your thoughts on the dollar can this uh, can this negative momentum can it continue for for another week or even weeks to come
1: I mean, it does seem so, Peter, and especially if, you know, like I said, this PCE data this week, and if that reaffirms that disinflation rhetoric, if that reaffirms that Goldilocks rhetoric, which is right now the market's base case assumption, I would think that there is potentially more room on the downside for the dollar. But I would um, really caution here uh, about two things. You know, one, of course, there's this big uh, OPEC plus meeting, uh, which the market is watching this week, which has been delayed by four days. And uh, there's an expectation uh, that uh, we could get a coordinated output cut um, expansion from the cartel. Uh, So that could obviously spook oil prices if we were to get it. And uh, the disinflation rhetoric could be questioned as a result of that. We could potentially be in a state where the market starts to push back on that Fed rate cut pricing for next year. Um, And the second thing uh, would be really where the China story is heading. You know, we've had reports of trouble now in the shadow banking side this morning in the Asian session. Uh, So I think, you know, we've had so many false dawns with China, although the momentum has been positive in the last uh, week or so. Uh, I think the it really needs to be seen whether this can be carried forward um, this week and, you know, into the end of the year as well. Uh, because if yuan continues to gain, I think that itself puts a lot of pressure on the downside for the dollar as well.
0: Yeah, and uh, <clears throat> talking about China, I mean, we, this week we'll, we'll, we'll have the PMIs and uh, I think, you know, I think we've discussed it a couple of times on the podcast, Sharo. I mean, as you said, china has had so many uh false uh, false starts and um it to me it it seems like we we're getting to uh, to close and closer to a point where finally i think the the chinese government will have to really open up the uh, the gates and and do more aggressive stimulus to get the, uh, the chinese economy going and it that is a potential joker as well for the european economy because of those uh close trade links but um i don't know what your overall assessment is i mean demand is still weak for for copper that's one indication that the economy is still slowing or is no not slowing but it's in a, in a low growth environment and then we mm-hmm. had that report this morning that you know industrial companies their profits are, are not growing yeah. as fast as expected so it's just what 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 what's your assessment of, of China and where can we go from here
1: I mean, I would think that, you know, like you said, like no amount of stimulus over the course of this year has proved enough. So what really China needs to go back to is some amount of structural reforms you know, um, capital uh, reforms for the banking sector and, of course, some big measures, you know, for the property sector. I think those are things that are really still dampening the sentiment and the demand as a result. Uh, But you're so right to say, you know, I mean, um, I think this with this year end um, coming into the focus now, again, there is a renewed hope that uh, they, this uh, stimulus announcements that we've seen more recently could start to uh, bring the economy ar- around. So I think to gauge that, really, investors will be watching uh, the November PMIs uh, due in China at the end of this week, certainly the start has not been as pleasant with the industrial profits number, as you said, but uh, PMI is more, I would say, a forward-looking indicator. So a lot of um, you know market participants truly have their eyes on that. Um, so uh, we have both the manufacturing PMI and the services PMI coming due on Thursday. And then again, the Tyson manufacturing PMI as well on Friday. So manufacturing PMI, it rose to expansion territory in September, but it fell back into contraction in October. So the recovery is has not been sticking for now. Uh, so again, that's the big test this week, whether we move towards expansion into expansion or we are really stuck in that um, contractionary territory for now. Uh, Services, I would say, is a bigger test because consensus is looking for um, a considerable jump uh, for November to come in at about 51.1 from 50.6 last time. So it is an expansion, but that expansion is expected to uh, strengthen further. And if that does not materialize, then, you know, again, that investors would potentially abandon any hopes that China rebound can happen, even on a tactical basis. I think really the structural problems in china are avoiding um, any or offsetting i should say any potential cyclical or tactical recovery that could have come as a result of these uh stimulus measures
0: yeah and i think that also it's it's also difficult to 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 talk about one story of, of china right now because i think one of the side stories this year has actually been that the the services and consumption patterns in China have been holding up pretty well, and I think I mean if you look at the Q3 earnings season among Chinese yeah. companies, especially the the you know the e-commerce or retail-oriented companies, they actually all did better than than expected. So it is still this manufacturing sector that is mm-hmm. struggling, and I think it it speaks into one of the themes we have talked about in this team uh, shower for quite some time, this fragmentation game. You know Vietnam being prioritized, mm-hmm. uh, Indonesia. India and also Mexico, I think I saw, I saw Bloomberg was running an article today about how Monterey in Mexico is just booming because uh, of this uh, reshoring of, uh, of manufacturing capacity. So it's, it's really the manufacturing sector in China that uh, needs to find uh, a new way to engineer growth, I think.
1: Yeah, that would be. Yeah. I mean, even the property sector, like, of course, we've seen a lot of measures, but uh, the measures that came through last week on the 50 developer developers list that were kind of approved for new funding. I mean, in fact, they've also been, uh, you know, sticking up with that rally uh, uh, more lately. So um, uh, but again, you know, it will they've obviously come from a very, very low base um, and uh, uh, that will be a huge part. Of restoring the confidence and the sentiment and the demand, uh, which you you know you you potentially are right. I mean, manufacturing certainly has a bigger role in the global supply chains, but also even the domestic demand right now is not enough for the manufacturing side to be able to kind of uh, you know operate at levels where it was previously. So I think a lot of different levers of the Chinese economy have to be pulled in uh, the positive direction
0: yeah i agree and um, i think it it um, the final the final topic of today's podcast is uh it's an old friend we've talked about it uh, for quite some times uh sharo and it, that's the dollar yen not surprisingly because of the very very strong moves to the upside in dollar yen and, and yen has been the preferred uh, carry funding so uh, funding currency for carry trades in you know in the world uh, especially against some also some em currencies like uh, mexican pesos etc but it seems like we at least for now, we have we've topped out uh, in, in dollar yen. And just as we're speaking right now, we're trading at 149. So, um, I mean, coming back to the inflation figures, I mean, let's say we get a, another surprise to the downside on inflation. How do you think that could impact the dollar yen? And what are sort of the other broader catalyst or drivers behind dollar yen? And where do you see it going from here?
1: I mean, we did just have the inflation print out on Friday and, you know, there was a reacceleration after three consecutive months of softening. Um, and if you look at the core, core measure, which strips out um, fresh food and energy, that is still at 4%. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, just double the target of uh, the Bank of Japan. So that continues to question whether uh, inflation is really transitory, as the Bank of Japan has been saying that it is. Um, But, you know, despite that kind of an inflation print, the yen did not react a lot um, on on Friday when this number was released. So I think markets truly believe that if any, move has to come from the Bank of Japan. It will likely be after those uh, spring wage negotiations that are scheduled to um, happen early next year. Uh, So I think uh, as much as you know we continue to read and um, hear about those uh, Bank of Japan is ready to kind of abandon its negative interest rates, I think market is certainly betting on the fact that it's not going to happen yet um but uh, so that w- that does mean that yen remains completely a play of what happens in the treasury yield space for now um but you're right i mean we've seen this recovery in the yen as a result of where the treasury yields are moving and it does look like a top is potentially in place um, for USD Yen, um, but um, you know if you if you look at the other Yen crosses, I mean that's that, that's really surprising that uh, Yen continues to weaken. Um, against its um, uh, on its other crosses, you know, against the Scandies, against Aussie, Kiwi, Euro, Sterling, against all of them, we are still at uh, you know multi-month highs um, against the yen. So I think um, uh, the implication really here is that um, uh, although the U.S. dollar trajectory may be turning, um, that's supporting the yen for now. But yen continues to be a funding currency for carry trades traders. You know do not expect a significant bank of japan move so even though the flows may have shifted out of the us dollar they have then just been diverted to other higher interest-bearing currencies as well
0: good points and um i think that takes us to the end of the uh of the podcast there sharo um uh, we uh we talked about a lot of things and uh so this week, I think it's uh, on macro and FX all be all to be about the um, the PCE report coming from the US, the CPI from Eurozone, and CPI from Australia. We're going to watch that dollar again. Can the negative momentum extend into this week? And then we are also watching China with uh, with PMI test coming this week. Also, is the yuan going to continue to strengthen? And and then finally, the dollar yen are there uh, or is there really a top in place in the dollar yen and uh, let's see how that pair reacts to uh, to the us uh, pc report definitely still going to be an interesting week uh, out there so uh, stay uh, stay safe and uh, yeah safe trading out there thank you